Hello and welcome back to Pulliver, a BMX podcast with Chris Doyle. I want to say thanks to everybody that gave me some feedback on the Steve Buttendeck podcast. That was uh, really cool. That was really special for me to sit and, and chat with Steve a little bit and listen to his story. I have been really slacking lately. I don't have uh, any, after this interview now, I don't have anything uh, in the pipeline. I don't have anything recorded. <laughs> so, however, I do have a lot of interest from friends of mine that uh, would like to sit down and chat a little bit. So uh, I should have some, some stuff in the works here soon. I'm also going to Swamp Fest in a few weeks. So I'll be down there gathering content and getting some interviews under my belt so that I can release them to you guys. For my next guest, it's Mr. Casey Smith. I know that I've said countless times that for this podcast, it was going to be me sitting down with close friends of mine and just sharing stories and going back and forth. Um, however, for this interview, I kind of went in a different direction because I wasn't that familiar with Casey Smith prior to us sitting down and, and chatting. It was Casey's presence on social media that made me want to get to know him a little bit better. Although him and I have had a few sessions together. We've been at a lot of the same jams together. And uh, as you'll hear in the podcast, he was actually at one of the stops when I was coming through on Road Fools 8. So it was pretty interesting to hear that. Uh, but he's a, he's a really interesting guy. He's got strong morals. He's got strong opinions. And uh, just he's got like a really solid outlook on BMX. And you can tell that he really loves it. And uh, it was cool to know about where he came from, being from the Midwest, when, when so many Midwestern BMXers were trying to make the BMX dream a reality. He was kind of going in a dif different direction, and he joined the Navy and became a, a father and a husband, and, and where the Navy took him and all that stuff. But um, I won't give away anything else for the interview, but I hope you guys enjoy it. This is Casey Smith. Well, this is going to be fun because everyone I've interviewed so far, I'm really good friends with. Um, so I usually know a lot about their story already. But you and I are not good friends. <laughs> we don't know each other that well. So hopefully this comes across being really good. Yeah. Uh, you are a huge fan of the old school. So let's start this out and. I guess it's kind of a mid-school way. What's your name, age, where are you from? <laughs> awesome. Uh, my name is Casey Smith. Uh, I'm 34 now, and I'm from I'm from smack dab in the middle of Midwest BMX Mecca. So uh, it's, it's literally like you could draw a circle around my hometown, and they were all like the legendary spots to ride in my era. So put it into perspective for you, I'm in southeastern Wisconsin, so I'm directly south of Milwaukee. I'm south of Madison, about an hour. Davenport is about two hours west. Rockford, Illinois is an hour south. And Hoffman Estates, if you remember the skate park Scrap, is Come an on. hour south. Do I remember Scrap? <laughs> and then Racine Skate Park is another hour uh, east. So okay. I'm, I was right in the middle of all that. Okay. What was the name of your town? It's called Delavan. Delavan? Yeah. Delavan, Wisconsin? Yeah, it's on Highway 43. I don't know if you're familiar. It connects, like, Rockford area to Milwaukee, kind of diagonally. I'm not familiar. Okay, southeastern Wisconsin. Okay, like I just told you, my geography of the Midwest is so backwards. 
Like, I, I <laughs> but yeah. I know, you know what, in relation to like BMX, mm-hmm. that kind of gives me a little bit more of a, of a location yeah. to where yeah. I know where you're from. Yeah. So are those like the type of areas that you came up riding in? Yeah, like I said, I was right in the middle of all that. So it was literally an hour drive to any one of those cities. And Milwaukee had four seasons. Madison had four seasons. Rockford had the pit. Davenport, obviously, had uh, Rampage. Hoffman Estates had scrap and then Racine, man. So I was I was literally in the middle of all that, dude. So anytime we wanted to pack up the crew and go get a sesh, it was less than an hour drive to any one of those spots. Okay. Um, so how old, I mean, you have to be of age to get to those spots. Absolutely. Being that they're a drive away. So was there any kind of scene in your hometown or was it all about just branching out and, and getting to those different places? That was, that was kind of a weird thing is that we had our own crew but we were never a part of like a big city scene, you know what I mean? So we were kind of in the middle of all that, but we did have a crew. We had a crew of like five or six dudes who we were all very close friends and we'd, one guy had a vehicle and then another guy would get one, then we'd all just go cruise to these skate parks. And um, it was probably mid to late nineties when we all started doing this, just kind of making these trips, you know, and that's, that's where I came up riding. I would we would show up to scrap or the pit and the decks would be filled with all these Midwest, you know, tech riders and we would just sit there and observe and just you know, soak all that energy in because it was it was a really like high energy time during those years, you know. Oh yeah, mid to late 90s there were so and, and even leaking into like after Y2K, there was so much talent coming out of the Midwest and I could you know, between you and I, we could name off dozens of names of, yeah. of dudes that made it, dudes that didn't make it, legends, uh, modern day guys. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, that's really cool to have all that kind of at your fingertips. Yeah. Um, now, I spent a lot of time in the Midwest uh, kind of during those those years, like doing different trips. Because like, like I said, it was a hotbed. Yeah. Like you said, it was a hotbed. So any trip I would find myself on, it's like, oh, we're going to the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're on Road Fools. Where are we going? Uh, yeah. We're going to the Midwest. I was there, dude. You were there? I was there. Road uh, Fools 8, man. Four seasons. You were at that? I was there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw you do that. It was like a bar to foof on a wall, and you fell over the other side. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was there, man. <laughs> Ruben was doing like a 270 whip, like in my face. I actually had a background, uh, like a background clip in that uh, video at the end. It was me sitting next to Crandall, and we were just sitting up on the deck. And like, I'll always go back and watch that. I was like, and that was young me, man, like dorky glasses, wearing a kink t-shirt, you know? Well, shit, what a time to be alive in BMX when Road Fools converges with the McNeil Tour and like man, they're at one of your huge, semi-local man. spots. I mean, Dude. Ruben and, and Dave Freiman. Ruben was the first person I saw when I walked in the door, man. Like Jesus. I'll never forget seeing that because I was pretty obsessed with Ruben at the time. Who like wasn't? anybody else was, yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, during that time, the decks were full at any of those skate parks on any given night. It was it was pretty incredible. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that you and I never met before, seeing how I spent so much time in the Midwest. Uh, I was kind of surprised, like, as you were kind of uh, coming up and I started hearing more about you, I'm like, I, cause we're, I'm only three years older than you. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised that I'd never heard of you before. Yeah, I had um, never heard of you either until uh, 2016. <laughs> no um actually the first video I, well let my, me let me fill you in yeah yeah, yeah sure <laughs> uh first video my friends and i bought was damn kids oh my god so um 
man. I, that that Millen Collins song is ingrained into my mind, man. Oh, wow. Looking back with anger. You know? <laughs> can Dude, you sing a little bit more? No, that? no, I, I could, but not right now. Um, well, this isn't about me. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I just wanted to get that out. Um, but yeah, going back to the, those skate parks at that time, man, I just, l- l- let me tell you one thing that I remember seeing. I was at the Pitt Skate Park, and that was more or less our local park growing up. Um, a guy named Jamie Spritzer. Familiar with the name? <laughs> Dude, I saw him. They had a vert wall, like a tight vert wall there. Yeah. Dude, he slid his pegs across that vert wall like he was grinding the freaking wall, man. Like, he just stuck up there and grinded his pegs across the wall. Like, I'll never forget that, man. Right. Like, there's little moments like that that stick out that you just never forget. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Man. And there's probably nothing to him. At all. And, yeah. Dude, I just rode with him. A young night. Uh, did you? I did, yeah, dude. He ate shit really bad. I think he broke his uh, his pelvis. Oh my like, god! It, it was yeah, it was it was actually really bad. But um, so nothing's really still changed. Still shredding, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. When uh, the last time I rode with him was on like a mega tour or okay. something, and same deal. He was going harder than every other person on the trip, Ooh. and then he ate shit super hard, and he had this huge strawberry yeah. on the side of his uh, uh, like right under like his belly button area. Yeah. He lifted up his shirt, and it was just like this purple, red, disgusting yeah, bruise. But wow, that's funny. I like how you keep saying these names and these places. Like I don't know. Like I'm, I'm a. Like you don't like you're not aware of Scrap Skate Park yeah, or Jamie Spritzer. Like come on. <laughs> I, dude, I, I heard of Spritzer. Uh, there's a video. Have you ever seen Juvenile Trickery? No. Oh my god, I got you there. Well, there's your homework. You got to watch Juvenile Trickery. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And he's riding. He has like his own little section in the okay. video, and he's like living in a trailer, and he's driving this like. I don't even know, remember. I think he's like a Fier- Fiero. He's driving oh, yeah, a Fiero, dude, and he's like jumping. Fiero, one of my favorite cars. He's jumping these railroad tracks, and he's riding an Auburn. Oh no shit! The two-piece frame, yeah. and he's doing all this crazy shit on the box jumps. And he he must have been like eighteen back then. Wow! But he was like killing it. He had his own little section in this video. Um, Damn, I'm embarrassed. I got to see that video. Oh man, you're like I'm the old school governor, dude. Jesus. I'll uh, I'll try and send you a link. Um, Hell yeah. So. It, there's a lot of talent coming out of the Midwest back then. Um, and you're a really good bike rider, I must say. Um, I've ridden with you a handful of times. I've always been impressed. I've seen clips of you I thought were really good. I've seen photos of you that I thought were really good. I'm not trying to... I, I come across okay in photos. Okay. I'll give you that, man. But I, man, I, I knew at an early age I wasn't going to pursue this BMX thing. Well, that's what I'm kind of getting at. You probably saw a lot of people go from being like local skate park kids to being professionals. Oh, and and the, the guy that I don't know why I keep thinking of like Midwest, like I think of like Kevin Porter. He was just like a Midwest kid. And then he got really big. And there was a lot of that going on, especially out of the Midwest, especially yeah. in that time, because it was a little bit easier to make it as a quote unquote pro back then. Um, was there any kind of pro aspiration in your head as you're uh, getting to be like 17, 18 years old? Dude, I'm, it's weird because seeing, seeing all those riders during that time, you would think would have that sort of effect on me to want to come up and, and do the same thing. But honestly, I think it kind of had a reverse effect, man. I was, I don't think I was that much younger than those dudes, but when I got went to those skate parks for the first time dude they were already developed man so kp was one of just so many of these local dudes you know 
so I was uh, I wasn't I wasn't in one of those cities, man. I'd just show up and I'd kind of watch for a while, take a few runs, and I like I said, I knew at a really very early age that I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna do this BMX thing as a career as a professional rider, man. I just I knew that from an early age. So, and now I've been riding since I started riding about '96. That's what I've figured out. So, shit, man, it's 23 years almost, and I've never I've never been sponsored before. I'm just riding, and uh, I still love it as much as I did then, man. So my my perception hasn't been altered and it hasn't been you know jaded by sponsorship deals and stuff like that it's kept this whole thing pure for me that's good so granted i will say that life is obviously more difficult now so um can't ride as often which is cool but man when i hop on the bike after being off for like two weeks it it just doesn't feel the same you know what i mean like it just i just don't have that comfort anymore but still loving it dude you know just still flowing cruising right turning the bars and just you know just right. going man uh well i feel like your um story takes a kind of a different direction than most people most people that come up riding bmx um and i guess i can't really speak for a, a ton of people maybe i'm a little out of touch but um did you go to college or anything uh just a local community college after high school okay but you're a navy man yes yeah um, so um what why go into the navy Man, honestly, dude, I was out of options, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not even joking, man. I, I had a young child at the time. It was my my first kid, my son. I was married. Um, I joined at 24, so I joined a little late. Okay. But that was after um, I tried college, didn't work. I I opened up a BMX shop in my hometown, didn't work. Obviously, I was young. Um, How old were you when you had your son? I was 22. Okay. Maybe 23, uh, somewhere around Which that. is young by today's standards, yeah, for Absolutely, sure. man. So, no, I got married at 22, had my son at 23. Oh, wow. Um, I was young, dude, and uh, I just made that split-second decision, man. It was actually pretty crazy. I saw, like, an advertisement. You know, you like, cheesy Navy advertisements, man. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this because uh, I didn't want to get some other shitty little job, man. You know, some dead-end job. And, God, I'm so glad I made that decision. It's you know, really having not known you, I, I thought you were going to say like, "Oh, my, my, I come from a long line of Navy people that were in the Navy," um, or you know, it's my patriotic duty. Everyone should serve their country. But you said I was out of options, um, which is funny. My brother is a Navy man. My brother went into the Navy after high school. Uh, very similar. He had no other option. I mean, it was like, uh, you know, hang around town, work odd jobs, or. Uh, go to community college or yeah. go into the Navy and it 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 changed his life and it saved his life um, but again I don't want this to be about my brother um, this is about you so yeah, you're in the Navy yeah similar story man I just, it it really helped me as a person I've I've learned so much I've, I've been in for over 10 years now and I've learned so much about just like perseverance and time management and leadership and uh it's really taught me that, like through tough times, it's hard to explain, but it's just it's it's, a, it's like a length of time. You know what I mean? You just deal with that that moment, and soon enough, you're gonna be back in your bed, your comfortable bed, sleeping. Like I, man, I've slept in a hole in Iraq. You know what I mean? And you just get, you just develop this thought process, 
and you realize that time it doesn't stop it just keeps going so there's good moments bad moments and you just deal with those bad moments and then sure enough you're gonna be back to your normal life you know mm -hmm. what I mean I, I've been pulled away from my family so many times and every time it's so hard like right like now yesterday I just started a new job in Indianapolis I left the fam back in Wisconsin, man. Like, it's, this is tough, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to be in Indy for a little bit. Then I'm going to go back and get them, and then we're going to move down there. Wow. It's a t dude, it, don't get me wrong. It's, it's difficult, man. But I've learned so much about myself, and I've really, I've really hardened myself as far as, like, uh, mind power. Like, I've really developed this sense of, mental strength where I can't like I won't allow myself to be broken anymore mentally you know what I mean through all these trainings I've done um, through all these deployments it's really it's really trained to train me to be a, like a mentally strong person right so it's huge right um, so you enlisted at 24 you said yes. and you have spent time overseas like in Iraq mm -hmm. and uh, yep. how many how many tours have you done just one just one okay. yeah it was really early on in my career uh, it was in 2010, and it's actually funny because I just missed the Bikes Over Baghdad tour by like a week. <laughs> so I had left, and they came a week later. But anyways, yeah, it was a good learning experience, man. Like all these things are learning experiences for me, you know? That's interesting to know because I remember um, I remember my, my brother, who, was, like I said, was in the Navy. He actually told me, he's like, yeah, if you're going to join any branch of the military, join the Navy because then you never have to go to a place like Iraq. Mm -hmm. And I'm like... Okay, so when you said that you went to Iraq, it's like, why would you go to Iraq? And there's, there's no water, you're in the middle of the desert. Yeah, yeah. we were special warfare support. We were oh, at a okay. uh, helicopter squadron. So we'd pick up SEAL teams every night, take them to where they needed to go, bring them back. That's what we did every single night. So okay. that's who I was uh, attached to out there. Okay, were there like scary moments? And, and Not for like me personally, no. Okay, well that's good. I mean, uh, I went over to Iraq in 2011 uh, for one of those tours. And uh, it's, I mean, it's a hard way of life. So everything you just mentioned about it making you stronger, making you harder, I, like, I can fully see that because yeah. I feel like I saw that firsthand in talking to um, the, the troops and the people from different branches and things like that. They, they say similar stories. And it's funny because you meet people over there and they're like, oh, yeah, I used to ride BMX. I'm from so-and-so. And I've seen this video, that video. And it's, it's a trip for yeah, sure. Yeah. There's uh, honestly every morning when I get ready for work, I tell myself two things in the mirror this is going to sound pretty weird but I do this every single morning uh, the first thing I say is everything is temporary everything in life is temporary man the freaking the universe is temporary alright <laughs> so everything inside it is temporary every moment every day whatever it's temporary I tell myself everything's temporary and then I say you can only control yourself and I think people kind of forget that sometimes man oh yeah like you, honestly you can only control yourself you can um, you can kind of motivate people in one direction or another but really when it comes down to it you can only control yourself so i tell myself those two things every morning every right? morning yeah and it keeps me mentally strong okay um well damn that was should we just end it there yeah we're done <laughs> let's go um but you're still in the navy yes you're like are you navy for life absolutely man okay yeah. um and is that what brought you to uh indianapolis yep Okay. Yep. What's your job? Like you said, you're going to be working. You, you just started a new job. Yeah, yeah. I work at, uh, it's a, a building where new recruits go to join, and they do their ASVAB test, and they do their um, medical exams and stuff like that, and, and then we line them up with a job, and then we ship them off to boot camp. Okay. So I'm that dude they come see. Okay. 
and you obviously have to have such a supportive family to well uh, i'm gonna back up a little bit the first time i heard your name the first time i heard of you i was in virginia beach and uh i was riding with colin mckay and we were riding that bowl at that skate park that i can't yeah. think of right north now. side north side okay and i was like kind of just asking him about his crew about his scene like what's it like there because he was living in greenville for so long yeah, and yeah. he's originally from australia and he, he loves virginia beach and he's like, oh, yeah, I ride with my buddy Casey Smith from time to time. Mm-hmm. And I, never, I was like, who's that? And he kind of told me a little bit more about you. So the Navy brought you to Virginia Beach. Yeah, yeah. Um, and your whole family moves to Virginia Beach. Man, I can't even, man, I can't even start to, I can't even begin to tell you how, how much of an amazing wife I have, man. And what she does every day makes my job look like, like nothing, man. She's a social worker. She works child protective services. Oh my god! And so, <laughs> so honestly, that's been good because it's allowed her to move around and just pick up where she left off. So I'm not, I'm not completely <laughs> destroying her career by moving us around. So, as far as that, as far as that goes, uh, everything's working pretty smoothly. But man, she, what she does every day is just so impressive, and her perseverance is just incredible. How do the kids handle all the moving? Man, I, it's it's gotten more difficult as, as I get older. Yeah, my son's eleven now. Okay, so he's pretty much a grown ass man. Like he, <laughs> in yeah. his eyes, for sure. Oh, absolutely, man. So he's doing his thing, man. He's got his own crew of friends, and for me to have to rip him away from that, dude, it's really really tough. Um, but I just try to be super supportive. You know what I mean? And I try to just keep a tight knit group man those my fam they're my best friends man mm-hmm. they're my three best friends so every day we come home we hang out everything's great man when we were uh texting last week uh we were going back and forth and then there was like a big pause in the, in the text conversation and you're like oh i'm sorry i was playing Fortnite with my kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that's cool too you know he's 11 like he's starting to get into different stuff like he rides bmx he plays video games like any normal kid does so a little part of being a you know grown man like me is like you still have you know urges to do stuff like that like yeah. play video games oh yeah i don't play i'm not a video gamer by any means but if i see him playing i'm like give me give me that thing man let me try yeah. that out you know well you can probably remember being 11 12 13 years old like my daughter's two mm-hmm. i don't remember being two i don't know what she's going yeah. through yeah. but when she, when your kid's 11 you're like okay i remember like i kind of identify with what he's going through and you're able to like see pieces of yourself and yeah. I'm sure you see it every day you see pieces oh, yeah. of you oh, pieces of your wife so much yeah um, so yes yeah, so that brought you to how long did you live in Virginia Beach I was there for six years oh shit and Colin I think moved there about 2012 maybe maybe a couple maybe a year or two before that but um, I ran into him at, at Northside you know and we started talking and we became friends and we actually became really close friends for a while and we still talk all the time and it's been really cool being friends with him especially during his time at Haro he was the TM for a long time and so obviously man I was friends with him he was helping me out with with stuff you know what I mean so that was cool yeah I try to make friends with the the people that can give me free bucks (laughs) that was never my intention I know I'm just kidding uh just busting your balls a little bit man (laughs) was it hard to leave Virginia Beach no, man, not at all, because I was coming home to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, okay. Yeah, it's, it was, it's hard to leave Wisconsin, though. And how far is Indianapolis from Wisconsin? Oh, it's about five hours. Okay. 
So from your town to Indianapolis. Yeah, from my hometown, um, which is still fairly close, man. You know, I'll be up there all summer hanging out, and I I, want to retire to Wisconsin. I've already made that um, decision. To the same hometown? Yeah, I don't know about that. Just somewhere in Wisconsin. I just love Wisconsin. Okay. Um, Cheesehead? Oh, absolutely. Uh, First time I saw you was at... Uh, well, so I, I mentioned the first time I, I heard about you was from Colin when we were at uh, Virginia Beach, and I guess you were working that day that we we shot through there. Um, but then I saw you at Texas Toast, and I remember kind of, uh, and this this is bad on my part, but I saw you and I'm like, what is that guy thinking? You had a different look about you. You had the open face helmet with the visor. Um, and you were probably wearing some other kind of 80s garb. And I was like, what is he doing? And then you took one run at the quarter pipe, you hit the quarter pipe and you aired super high. I was like, oh, that dude's legit. And I don't think I talked to you, but then uh, McKay was like, oh, that's the dude that I was telling you about. That's, that's Casey. I'm like, oh my God, I totally like, I judged the book <laughs> by its cover and I judged wrong. And I was like, damn, that dude's, like, I liked your style. I was like, he knows how to ride a bike. And then I was like, uh, then the more I talked to people and then getting to know you through social media, I was like, that dude's super legit. And he's like, you seem pretty cool online. And it was really that type of aesthetic that drew me to you. And you and your overwhelming infatuation with like 80s BMX style. Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's do it, man. Let's talk about it. So we'll back up just a little bit. Um, I got a frame from Colin. It was when Harrow Lineage came out. It's when they had the wraparound gusset in front, throwing back to like their 80s style frames. They had that wraparound gusset. So that, man, I saw that and it just reignited this this uh, memory I had from being a young kid and getting your first bike, you know what I mean? It was like 1990, I got my first like department store freestyle bike, man. And uh, dude, it just reignited that thing for me. I was like, holy shit, this is sweet. Started getting back into, um, not back into, but I started uh, looking into old school BMX and it just struck me for this like pure uh, level of BMX, man. You know what I mean? Where nothing, it's hard to explain, but everything was so real and so new back then and flashy, you know, and bright. And I like, I like colors, man. I like, um, there's not a lot of color in BMX these days, you know? Oh, no. There's not a lot of color. There's not a lot of standout. So I like that. And so I got that frame. I started looking into that. Uh, Obviously, that leaked into my Instagram. I met a couple dudes, Shad and Eben. Eben lives down in San Antonio. Shad, obviously. They invited me to that high air contest down at Texas Toast. Granted, it was 35 and over. I was only 30 at the time. And uh, that was crazy, man, because it wasn't even a... It wasn't even a real contest, but I had never been in a contest before. So I was nervous as shit, man. Colin bought me like a chicken sandwich like right before it. Couldn't fucking eat it, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, dude, what? I can't. Like, I'm about to throw up, man. You looked nervous. I was nervous as shit, man. You were rocking a number plate, too. Yeah. I remember. Okay. Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a legit number plate, which I completely destroyed. <laughs> like, I got that for my birthday from a dude at Haro. It was Colin's boss, essentially, John. Yeah. He gave me that for my birthday. And he's like, the thing is, you got to ride it. Like, you can't just hang it up because it was new. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Thrashed it, dude. <laughs> but no, um, Texas Toast was awesome, man. 
got a high five from Matt Hoffman after I after I did that air, and I met a lot of people. So going back to that Instagram thing, at the at the end of this past year, I was gonna delete all my social media and take 2019 off completely. But then I started thinking about it, man. Instagram. There's been so many positive things that have come out of that for me. I've met so many people. I'm here with you right now, man. I, if I didn't have an Instagram, I can pretty much guarantee I wouldn't be here talking to you right now because I gained this following of people I like to think are the right people to follow you on Instagram. And for them to appreciate what, I'm, what, what I kind of believe in now in BMX is huge for me because these are people that have lived this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Simon Tabron, man. I just talked to you about him. He gave me his frame, dude. I always see the conversations that you have with these these old school bike riders. Um, and it's really interesting. It's like, wow, Casey's kind of like in that inner circle Is now. Is that weird, man? That's I, pretty I have friends, will, they'll, they'll like text me. They're like, dude, how do you got freaking rooftop commenting on your photos? I saw that just the other day. I was like, day. I don't know, man. Like, he followed me like years ago, man. I don't freaking know. Like, yeah. I never asked any questions. I just... <laughs> I don't know, man. To I'm those, glad people like it. To those guys, they're probably so stoked that you appreciate that era of BMX. Dude, which, I'm so glad they are. Man. Because a lot of young guys don't. A lot of a I lot of people too, man. don't get it. And it's it's really cool to know that it seems like it was more like the aesthetic thing that kind of like led you in there, like with the the bright, flashy colors mm-hmm. and the stuff that's like would be deemed super cheesy now. Like I'm thinking. I, uh, that picture of I think it's Eddie Fiola wearing all yellow and he's mm, got the yellow yeah. bike with the yellow mags yeah, yeah. like I think a new school kid might look at that and be like man that's so corny who would wear that but like to to have an appreciation for that at your age like those dudes have to be so stoked like this guy gets it he I'm sees glad. what we see and I'm, I'm really like I said I'm fortunate to have this 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 group of people follow me man mm-hmm. and like I said before I think these are the right people you would want to follow you and I'm here with you right now. I was just watching some edit the other day. Like, I can't even remember the dude's name, but goddamn, he was doing every freaking trick in the book. You know what I mean? Doing tail whips upon tail whips. He was whatever. You know what I mean? Double backflips. And there's a million freaking riders out there that are good, man. Yeah. But I'm here with you somehow. <laughs> you know what I mean? I live my life doing turn bars. You know what I mean? It's you posted a photo the other day that was really cool. Uh, just doing like an opposite air and you're like this is like the worst park and the worst town or, or yeah. something something like yeah, that man. but the photo was rad it like had like an a really old school look to it but it's like done by in a new school way i don't know if i'm making any sense no there. that's i think that is a, i think that is exactly me on instagram that's me well we shouldn't just pigeonhole this to instagram i've seen a few edits of you um Primarily from that, uh, the Virginia Beach Park. Yeah. And yeah. you're doing like a lot of these old school tricks, like with the, uh, gosh, the foot plants yeah, yeah, and yeah. things like that. Yeah. I was like, this is so different. It's kind of, it's refreshing to see something different from someone that's from my era, even younger. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like a young kid who hears like, I don't know, Led Zeppelin for the first time. And they're like, oh shit, there's... They were doing this back then, yeah. and now no, that's a that's it, a good way to put it. Man. It changes the way he looks at music. It changes the way he looks at life. It changes the way he he dresses, the way he combs his hair, exactly. and stuff like that. Exactly. It reminded because, me a lot of that because an old Led Zeppelin album, man, that's quality, and that never gets old. You know what I mean? Right. So you look back at a late '70s BMX race. That's never that stuff's never gonna get old, man. 
you know, the stuff we're doing right now, the shit might get old one day. Yeah, it seems a lot more, um, a lot of what goes on nowadays seems a lot more disposable and won't be appreciated 10, 20 years from now. But yeah, you look back on that stuff and it's like, man, that stuff doesn't, it seems like it'll always be in fashion somehow. I mean, it matches the society that we live in. You know, everything comes and goes quick. And uh, what's new today is going to be old tomorrow. Yeah. And that's, BMX is, it's, it's falling in line with society, man. How society, which it is what it is, man. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I have a cousin that rode Provert. Well, no, no, no. He was like an am back in the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, Goofy footed guy? Yeah, Roger Sullivan yeah. is his name. He, did, uh, uh, he would do Can Can Look Backs. That's like his, <laughs> that's his go-to. He can't do much. He can do 540s. I do just and that one trick. That's all you would ever need. He can do that trick, and he can do 540s pretty well. Yeah. Goofy foot 540s, man. Um, yeah. But I tried to I talked to him a little bit about old school BMX, and he wrote a lot of contests. He was like Am with Matt Hoffman, and uh, I don't I think Dennis McCoy was probably pro. But like he he was telling me about riding contests with Matt, and how Matt was just you know light years in yeah, front yeah. of everyone else. But he's like, man, the thing that stands out to me the most was how terrifying it was because. Everyone progressed so fast, but the bikes were still so shitty. Uh, so he's like, I, dropping in sometimes, I didn't know if my bike was gonna make it. Like, if you land flat once, your forks are done, your bike's done, and you're yeah, just like, yeah. and it was just so terrifying thinking that the bike was gonna break, like, because bike manufacturers hadn't caught up to the progression that was going on, which I guess you could give Hoffman a lot of credit for, because he sure, sure. kind of revolutionized that whole thing mm-hmm. with like making bikes stronger. It's like, we're breaking bikes, people are getting hurt. You've seen the clip in Head First when the dude snaps his forks off and goes yeah. right to his face. Right on, wasn't it? Right on. Maybe. What did I say it was? Head First. Was it right on? I think so. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Some people are going to be pissed off right now. I stand corrected. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, wh- whoever was right or wrong, I'll try and edit that out. Sounds good. So one of us looks really good. Um, so we talked about the 80s BMX and what really attracts you. To it, it still does, man. And it still does. It really does. You're wearing goggles right now. Yeah, I'm, I, dude, I'm getting this R. Kelly look because I just watched that R. Kelly documentary. Oh, man. He was wearing some goggles on the side of his head. He's in some trouble right he now, is, isn't he? big time, yeah. I haven't watched that yet. Now, we talked about social media, uh, and you kind of, you shined a positive light on it, but you also mentioned to me some things about, like, the whole self-promotion in BMX, um, and you and I have actually talked about this a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, dude, I came, I came and I asked you a question about it because I honestly don't know when it comes to sponsorships and stuff like that, how often you got to post, let's say a picture of a rock star can, for instance, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's things that you have to do as a sponsor writer. I get that. But when it comes to the point where you're posting a clip of yourself every freaking day, like, dude, there's a, all right, here, let me sum it up. Okay. This is, this is a theory that I kind of constructed on my drive over here yesterday. It's, let me sum it up as community first, self second. Oh, wow. So if you jump on my Instagram, it will probably be 80% random shit. Other people, I post pictures of you, you know what I mean? Like why would I post pictures of just random people? Because it's about a community, man. You know, and I see people with an Instagram where it's just solely clip, 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 clip of themselves. That's not, you're not doing it right, man. It's community first. Right. Um, I think that doesn't just pertain to 
social media. Yeah, I, I think that's a good uh, that's a good quote for like for life. Really, you, yeah. you put your community yeah, yeah, yeah. first. Oh, for sure, um, for sure. Whatever you're into, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I I see what you're saying because um, I've fallen victim to that too. You get so used to like, okay, I have to do this. I have to put this up. I have to that's promote rough. this sponsor. But then there's a whole other line. Like if you're posting selfies every day, and uh, well, you just mentioned you have to do this. You, your mind is telling you you have to do this. And sponsorship aside, man, you still get that feeling as a BMX rider these days. You feel like if you get a session, you got to get something showing that you rode that day to remain relevant on this this social media app. Is that weird? Um, well, there's no magazines. Um, there's no, like, there's no props. BMX isn't on TV as much anymore. So social media is kind of like it right now. If, if you want to be a, a pro and a sponsored rider, like, that's kind of what you have to do. But there is a line. I see what you're yeah, saying. There's a line because you talk about magazines and old videos. I can maybe see you what once every couple months in a magazine. Back well, then, dude, if I would have seen you every day growing up, like I would have got sick of you, man. Yeah, it and it takes away a little bit of that special feeling, um, because I think my generation might have been the last generation that kids were still putting photos on their walls. Do kids put BMX photos on their walls anymore? <laughs> like uh, in. Your pros almost seemed really far away. Like, you know, and they're in the magazines, they're in the videos, yeah. but it was hard. It was hard to see them. So now, like, you can see your favorite pro every day and what they're doing, what they're eating. Well, yeah, um, yeah. I don't follow a lot of pros, man. Instagram and this uh, over over uh, promotion of riders has really forced forced me to unfollow a lot of dudes. And I, I, it's so sad to say that because I love BMX. It's a huge part of who I am. And for me to not want to see someone ride, dude, that's sad. Now, you said your son rides. Um, who's your son into? Who does he like to watch? Are, are, dude, yeah, do, you, um, do you try and influence him? Like, no, watch these guys. Watch, this is Brian Blyther. This is, this is Tabron. This is Dennis Damn. McCoy. This is, um, or does you let him kind of like pick his own dudes? Like, is he into like Chase Hawk? Oh my god, man, that's a really good question Because I don't know He He doesn't follow a lot of people on Instagram I've watched, I've made him watch Rad Or whatever <laughs> video I I see on like YouTube pop up Like that BMX in Nigeria video that just came out We watched that like three times Because I was like, look dude This is, this is BMX right here, man This is pure BMX Sure, he's doing a 180 off a Truck trailer and there's a group of people around him cheering him on. That's freaking BMX, dude. Mm -hmm. They don't know what's going on over here with these crazy sponsorships and shit at the time that video was made. Dude, they're doing 180s off a freaking trailer and everyone's going ape shit, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll watch stuff like that. If I see something cool pop up on YouTube, I'll show him the video. If I, And I won't show him anything else, I guess. I don't know. Not on purpose. I just... He's not into BMX like that, dude. It's weird. Hmm. Yeah, he just rides. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chris Bennett, who I've interviewed before, uh, his son is really into really into BMX. Uh, watches YouTube videos every day. His favorite rider is Drew Bazanzan. Okay. And uh, I asked, I asked Chris, I'm like, does your son know how good you are slash were at BMX and that you were pro and people like worshipped you and everything? And, 
He's like, yeah, he doesn't care. I'm like, really? But he, like, he'll watch it on YouTube, but he doesn't like care that dad is yeah, can ride yeah. at a pro level. I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, huh. That's probably good, I guess. I don't know. Just keep a... I don't know. Just, like I said, perception is everything. If you don't acknowledge that and just ride, and yeah, that's probably good for you. But yeah. Um, to give the man some respect, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe he just doesn't think dad's cool in general. <laughs> I'm sure everyone goes through that. Um, sorry, I'm trying to look through my notes. If you want, I'd, I would love to talk about the Olympics. And oh, yeah. That's maybe one I of can the ask you a couple questions because I... I don't know a whole lot about it. I don't either. So I know there. I know. I know there's an argument going on right now to where is it the UCI? Is that yes. the group that's kind of running this show? Yes. Um, I think the argument is they're pulling. They're pulling a lot of uh, the core, I guess, aspects of BMX, the underground, the. Uh, how can I word this? They're pulling a lot of that away and they're making it appear to be something different to where it's only about, strictly about tricks and uh, I guess that's it, that kind of jock-ish mentality. Right. You think the Olympics kind of soils the whole, like, the purity of, of BMX. So are you against BMX going into the Olympics? Not at all. Okay. I'm 100% for it. Okay. And I have a theory on it. And... Have you ever played street ball? Uh, Just basketball at a local court at the down at the park. Yeah, of course. Right, street ball court, man. Crum crumbled up concrete, man. Shitty rim, chain net, horrible backboard. Right. All right. There's people who are diehard street ball players. Okay. Are those people trying to go to the NBA? Hell no, man. They're just out there playing the game. I play street ball. I, I equate street ball to, to my BMX, okay? I'm down at that shitty skate park, man. I'm just riding. I'm cruising. There is another side of street ball, basketball, rather. People are trying to go to the, go to the NBA or the Olympics, rather, okay? There's a divide, and that's what I think we need to do. And how people are not seeing that is confusing to me. There's a huge divide there. What they do in the Olympics for BMX is not what we do down here at these ground level skate parks. It's two completely different things. So I know they're building a training facility for the Olympics out in California somewhere. That's great, man. You don't see me at an NBA training facility shooting hoops. No, that's, there's a divide. If you're pursuing that life, then by all means, go pursue that life. The, you know, the Olympic side of BMX. Um, that was my theory on it, man. Divide the two. It's two completely different things. And yes, you're going to get kids who are going to see that on the Olympics and think BMX is one certain way. However, you're still going to get those kids who drive past the skate park or who are playing a soccer game next to the skate park. And they look over, they freaking kook like me at the skate park. They're going to be holy shit, who's that? What is he doing? You're still going to get that, man. It's not going to affect that. Yeah. I always thought, uh, and I was asked this question actually on Kyle Carlson's uh, podcast where he, he's like, "What do you think about BMX in the Olympics?" And my my only thing that I don't have maybe as strong of an opinion, but I'm like, I'm I'm about any time that BMX is on television because uh, let's get kids in the door. Okay, um, that's another argument. That uh, I, I don't think about that quite as much, but well, I look back over the last 20 years and I think about the people that were getting kids into the bikes, um, and I think a lot about like Dave Mira and Ryan Nyquist. Um, 
kids would see them ride on TV. They're winning everything. So they're the most visible guys. Mm -hmm. So a kid would get like a Haro 540 or a Haro back trail or whatever, and they get into BMX. And they have their friends that are all on like those crappy Haro bikes Mm -hmm. uh, as well. And then they start to figure like, wait a second, I like, I like what that dude's doing. And they see like, they pick up a magazine. Oh my God, Mike Aiken. He's doing this. He's wearing cool clothes. He's wearing a, a different helmet. I want to be like him. So like that, that those kids get into like want to ride like Aiken, and then totally. they they see like a Dakota Roche, and yeah. they're like, oh, we can do it like that. Sure. Yeah. Like he's in this. Uh, so I've always just thought like it's cool just to get people in. If that's like a vehicle to get people into the sport, then that's great. Um, but I could see uh, similar to what you're saying, like a kid. Um, and his parents sitting there watching the Olympics, like, yeah, we need to do this. Okay, let's hit the gym, then let's hit the skate park. And I, hey, I, hey if, that's, if that's what they want to do, by all means, that's just not what I do. That's yeah. not what we do down at these ground level skate parks, man. Right. It's so, two separate things. So just for you personally, you're saying, like, I just want to, you want to keep it at its purest form. For me personally. For you, per- yeah, that's what I'm But it, goddamn, if I won't watch BMX and the Olympics, um, you know. Speaking of next, I hope he makes the Olympics. I, I hope that he's like, because I want to watch him ride in there so bad. Um, you got some competitive people. I know he's very competitive, but and that's another thing. If you're going to be in the Olympics, if you want to be in the Olympics, you better act like an Olympian. <laughs> like, you got to be competitive, man. You got to, if, if you lose at a contest, you got to be freaking pissed off, man. You <laughs> yeah. know? Like, yeah. I got a buddy, his uh, name's Justin, he's from Virginia Beach. He's training to be in the Olympics. Justin Dowell? Justin Dowell, yeah. Okay. Dude, when he loses, that dude is pissed off. Really? Like, he's, don't don't come talk to me. I'm freaking pissed. And I love that, man. Because <laughs> if that's if that's the route that you're going, you need this competitive edge. Going back to NBA, whatever it is. Dude, when they lose, they're pissed. <laughs> dude, yeah. it's, it's, it's not cool to lose. And if, if you're going that route, you got to have that competitive edge. I didn't know that Justin Dowell's from Virginia Beach. Where does he ride? <sighs> Man, good question, dude, because they didn't have a lot. He yeah. grew up riding that uh, skate park, uh, Mount Trashmore. That's okay. great in Virginia Beach. Yeah. Small ramps, dude. I don't know how he got good. I, I made a video with him when he was 13, man, and uh, it's still my most viewed video on my YouTube. <laughs> well, you know what? As I was trying to gather more information about you, you made some pretty cool videos. You made that one with, with Tyler Frenzel. Yeah, this year yeah, about yeah. the balance between... Yep. Uh, bike riding, having a, a nine to five job, sure. and having kids, yeah, yeah. and uh, I thought that was really cool. That was a series that I was working on. That was the uh, second episode. I've done three so far. I want to do five. I got the two other people lined up, but I like doing short documentary videos to show. That series was based on um, what has kept you from pursuing BMX at a, on a professional level. So the first one was a guy I know from Arizona. He touched on his upbringing, and then he joined the Navy, and that pulled him away from it. Second guy was Tyler. Third guy was a guy named Joey Bags, who lives in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He touched on jumping around and kind of never uh, planting his feet somewhere. Anyways, there's a series I've been working on. But yeah, I love photo. I love video. I have a lot of hobbies, man. Mm-hmm. I have too many. <laughs> I draw. Um, I coach basketball. Okay. I do a lot of stuff. And uh, again, it's this mental strength. I like to do things to keep keep my mind strong and gain experiences from different areas of life. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, uh, and, and you attribute a lot of that to being in the Navy. 
Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, yeah. The Navy's developed me into a really a different person. Okay. When it comes to that stuff, um, and I'm in the gym too. I go to the gym every day. Okay. You know, and life to me is all about balance. Um, I'll drink a smoothie in the morning and I'll drink a beer at night. You know what I mean? Like that. I just try to keep this perfect balance. I try to eat all natural foods. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work. Our society wants us to do something else, so it's hard to fight that. But I do. I try to just keep balance, man. That's good. And it's worked out for me. That's another good metaphor to life is balance. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's the best way to live, honestly. And I'm right there with you because yeah. that's how I've always... Yeah. Balance and moderation. Moderation um, is key. I drink one beer a night at 6 p.m. every single night. One really? beer. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I can't even get through that one beer. But it's this consistency that I want in my life. Like, wake up at the same time every day, eat the same thing for breakfast every day. Like, my grandpa used to do, man. You know what I mean? He'd have his, like, half of a peanut butter sandwich and a cup of coffee. Like, every single day at the same time. I don't know why. I just, I, I love that in life. Where there's this structure. And there's this balance and consistency. And it's just, it's just kept me really strong. You're definitely an old soul. Uh, just listening to you, to you talk and talking about these things in your life and not just BMX. I mean, obviously you're into the old school BMX, but in general, it just kind of sounds like uh, similar to how our grandparents' generation were. Like just so structured, so much routine. Um, My grandfather was the same way. My my grandfather would have uh, one beer every night. Like it's funny you said that you have one beer. his his doctor actually uh, was telling him that you need to drink a beer every night because it had calories. And my grandfather was so skinny mm-hmm. that he needed more calories to like help him yeah, to yeah. put on weight and everything. Dude, I'm, I'm a skinny guy too, man. Yeah, I think. How tall are you? I'm five ten. Five ten. Okay, we're built very similar, yeah, kind of lanky sure. style. Um, but yeah, no, I love new school BMX too. Just to throw that in there, I do. I have my favorite my favorite people to watch on Instagram. You know, um, who are the new school dudes that you think are doing it right right now? Not just in riding, but how they conduct themselves uh, in the media, both social media and on television or magazines or anywhere you've seen. Like, who are the guys that are really doing it right? I got two guys, Let's two of my favorite guys to watch. One's name is Kyle Hart. Mm. Um, I think he rides for like Sabrosa or something. Yeah. Do you know him? No. Do you know Kyle? No, okay. I've never met him. Hell of a good rider, man. Awesome style. He's doing this he's doing this thing with his riding where nobody nobody rides like he does, man. He does a lot of like fast plant. Yeah, tricks. he just does yeah. like fast, just different type stuff. And then the the other guy I love, he's probably my all time favorite guy to watch ride. His name's Ratty Matty. Ratty Matty. He's out in California. Okay. Um he got in with like Bone Death, I think. Beard. Yeah, man. Oh my god, that dude is incredible. Just this original style, huge, like foof news, big wall rides, man. Like, I guess these are people that doing stuff that I would love to do too. Um, like I said, I don't follow a lot of pros, man. Okay. I don't. It's not. It's not me. I'm not trying to be a negative person. I just. It's hard for me to keep seeing that same stuff every day. I'm sorry to say. Um, but yeah, I got I got a bunch of people I love watching. I mean, you got your classic Sergio Leos. I've been a huge fan of his for a long time. Yeah. You can't deny his greatness on a bike. The flow. It's it's an undeniable style that he has perfected, and to me, 
he should go down as one of the best riders of all time, man. Sergio. Because he he took this style of his at like a young age. I remember he had a props bio a long, long time ago. He was like 17. He had that style, man. But then he developed it into this perfection. And yeah, I don't know. Something about his riding, man, has always really, really gotten to me and in a good way. Um, it's It's hard to watch Sergio ride and not kind of feel something you kind of feel like you're moved a that's little it, bit man. that's that's a that's a perfect way to put it because we'll go back to these old albums again they make you feel a certain way and that's what riding should do too if you watch someone ride it should make you feel stoked to go ride it should make you feel uh confused maybe like mm-hmm. how the hell um and it should make you feel good watching that like i used to watch aiken's part every freaking night for like a year straight um in up in arms I used to watch in it up every, in arms. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I used to watch it every freaking day. Yeah. We just, just we would just rewind it and watch it over and over. This will be the second time that I bring this story up in a podcast, but whatever. I love it so much. Already. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've only done two. Uh, my, just because we're talking about Mike Aiken and like the way that sometimes a rider can make you feel a certain way, and you're like, yeah. whoa. And with with. Uh, my mom came to a Gravity Games when they were up in Rhode Island years ago. Okay. And uh, obviously, because there's no Gravity Games. This is probably like 2001. She came to this Gravity Games to watch me compete. And we're riding practice, and there's all these other guys doing like the flips, and the, the, the front flip was just coming in, and okay. Stephen Murray's doing like 360 backflips yeah. in practice. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom's watching practice, and she goes, Hey, she pulls me over. She's like, Chris, who's that guy? And I'm like, who? She, she points to Mike Aiken. And I'm like, that's Mike Aiken. She's like, you know, he doesn't do a lot of the big tricks, but I really enjoy watching him ride. And I'm like, wow, my mom recognized that style where like so many other people, like other riders didn't get it. Um, but like my mom could kind of see it. I don't know why I just felt no, no, compelled. Dude, that's, that's perfect. And that's exactly what it's I was the way to that say. It can like um, make you feel a certain way. Yeah, there's certain things that it's quality over quantity, obviously. We know that. But it's like these old albums, man. They make you feel good, and it will never get old. Just like this simplistic uh, writing of Mike Aiken. That stuff's never going to get old, man, mm-hmm. because it's quality. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's, a tough, it's, a tough, um, it's a tough conversation to have when, when you think about BMX how it is nowadays. What's going to last, man? We're going to look back. Where's BMX going to be in 20 years? Are we going to look back now... And are we gonna be? Are we gonna realize that maybe these are the good old days? <laughs> you know, you never know. Yeah. Well, when you look back on the past, you tend to paint over a few of the the blemishes here and oh, there. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you remember a lot of the good, yeah. and that's per, that's with life too. That's how it should be. Um, well, we're coming to the end of uh, whatever questions I have, um, and my my last question was in here it was what do you want to see more of in BMX? Which I feel like we've kind of covered that throughout the course of this interview but if there's is there anything else that you think that bmx is lacking currently that would really benefit us just i ask you that as a guy that i think has strong obviously has strong opinions and 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 feels you know passionately about bmx so just that that community thing i touched on before um that's strong that's huge and I, i mean on a personal level i don't mean like brands collaborating with other brands like this is on you because you are the you are the platform man you 
you have a following. You can you can change the way people think about BMX just by what you push on your social media. I know we've talked about social media a lot, but that's where we are now. Yeah. Um, community, you know, feel just do do something selfless with your with your social media. There's not there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You sure you may you, you may think you'll lose a follower, whatever it may be. Like, it's not all about you, you, you. You may lose a follower. Big freaking deal, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what this is about. Um, you're not a brand. You're a human being. That Man, you keep hitting these quotes. Like, every, seems like every 10 minutes is like a new quote. It's like, yeah, he's got it right. Yeah. You're oh, not yeah, a brand, man. That's cool. You know? Um, and it's like you said, you can only c- control yourself. So yeah, yeah. be aware of how you put yourself out there to the people. But, hey, man, I love BMX. It'll, it'll always be here, whatever level it may be. There's always going to be a place to ride. You're always going to have a bike. Um, the industry, it, it you know, it could fluctuate, yeah. but um, but you'll be right here cruising. You'll be you'll be cruising, man. Yeah. Um, okay, you know what? Here's a fun. Oh, here's a fun question. Maybe to wrap this up, um, if you could have a session with one pro, be it past, present, future, um, who would it be and why? <laughs> and give it some thought because I know y- you like a lot of these older guys so like if you could take like a pro from the 80s and you know have a session with them right now in their prime oh my god <laughs> man I could just one just one guy just one freaking guy <laughs> Dude, I don't freaking know, man. What it, the hell? It doesn't have to be. I'm not thinking. I was like, I wonder what he would say. Because, I mean, like we've touched on countless times now. You're a big fan of the 80s BMX. You grew up in the mid-school BMX. We're here. It's 2019. And, uh, oh, damn, man. I know. You don't. I got two, man. Can I give you two? You can give me two. I got two. Uh, first one is going to be Mike Dominguez. Mike Dominguez. Okay. Good answer. Yes. That's kind of the answer I was wanting. Second one's Ruben. Ruben, okay. Ruben, man, he's he's my favorite rider of all time. Okay. Ruben, yeah. That's my two, man. That would be that would be a cool sesh. You walk into Four Seasons and he's the first guy you see. And I could just sit back and hang out, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, great. Man. Awesome. Right. Uh, I got nothing else. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah. I appreciate it. I'm here with Chris Doyle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here with Casey Damn Smith. Damn kids, dude. Let's um, do this. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Hell and yeah. uh, hope you guys have enjoyed it. And we'll see you soon. All right.